0: Thank <laughs> you. About the things people love to hate, and hate to love, and we're your host, Shelby and Matt.
1: Yes, and Shelby'd like to um, take this moment to come out as something a little bit scary. Just... Oh yeah, I
0: lost my voice.
1: <laughs> no, I was going to say as a Disney adult.
0: <laughs> oh. No, this it is um, slightly embarrassing. This is like first fun. Like this is like I'm not going to complain Shelby's about it. i going I'm to Disney.
1: She's. I'm going to Disneyland for she's the gone first this year. time
0: since I was. I've been to Disneyland once in my life when I turned 18 and then never again. So Is that what
1: Mormons do when you turn 18? You go to Disneyland?
0: <laughs> no, it was my like graduation trip and that's what happens when you're poor and you don't have like a cool like you know my friends were like I'm going to Italy and I was like, "Well, we're going to drive to California and like go to Disneyland for the day." <laughs> so that's what I did with my mom. <laughs> You know, there's worse things to be doing. <laughs> it was an okay trip. I mean, it was fun, but we were both like, "Why are we here?" I don't know. And it like, was the just rides- you and your mom. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you do other things while you were in California, or did you just go yeah, to Disney World? I,
0: we went to Disneyland, California Adventures, obviously, and then I think we did like a day, an extra day at the beach, and went to like that. What is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna outs myself as a non-Californian, but the um, the like, island, the Coronado. Alcatraz. Or 70, no, different city, Matthew. Oh. Um, Santa Monica Alonik <laughs> I don't think um, that's it either. Beverly I think it, I want to say is Corn. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but that's that's yes, that's part of why so we did not do a pop culture. Utah Toronto. to California
1: for like two days.
0: Yeah, of course. That's so. How far normal. is that? It's like ten hours.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: So anyways, this time we're flying, and I have a toddler who I think is the, you know, target audience for most of Disneyland. And so I think it'll be fun, and um, and she's very excited, which is very cute. Mostly to see her grandparents, but also because she knows Anna and Elsa, which, I know, it's like, she's so basic. It's like, I tried, you know, like, I'm like, oh, what about, like you know, uh, you know, Moana or Tangle, She loves watching those movies, but she hasn't processed that those are princesses she can see. You know what I mean?
1: Hmm. Interesting. So maybe
0: when she's there, I don't know the vibes. I don't know if you have to like pay to see the Disney princesses at this point in Disney's, you know, uh, capitalization. Of <laughs> commercial. I spirit. will say this.
1: I watched maybe the most fascinating documentary that I've seen in recent uh, months. While I was sort of like sick and jet lagged, and it was a whole like hour and a half about Disney's Fast Pass system. Oh, and interesting! The, and the lines and how like they handle their di how they handle lines and how that's changed over the course or... of the history of the parks <laughs> and all of this, and. Characters didn't used to have meet and greets, but then they yeah. were, you know, trying to figure out some sort of Disney Fast Pass system. Ugh. And so then you had to sort of, like, reserve the meet and greets Ew, ahead of disgusting time. Idea. But I think that that's different in California. I think that the California parks function I know, in a I very heard different way than the they They have ones. the
0: disney princess room where you go and like you meet all the princesses but anna and elsa are at california adventures because disney is like we must get you to buy both hopper passes and go to both parks and every child wants to see anna and elsa most of all it's evil it's it's maniacal i just there's a part of me that is And you know what? You know what? It's summarized up by the fact that they announced that they're doing a Moana live action film. I'm just like, guys, why are you doing this? (laughs) It's been like five years since that movie came out. You're bringing back the same cast and it's going to look less magical because it's set in a real ocean. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, it's a live. They're doing a live action and it's like The Rock playing.
0: Yes. Maui. He's going to play Maui and it's the same actress who voiced... Moana coming back as Moana but it's like it just feels like so weird at this point like it's like you made a hugely successful original film and instead of being like wow let's invest in stories to continue making hugely original films it's like wow uh, 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 live action (laughs)
1: Like Disney is like smart in some ways, but they're not smart enough to realize that the biggest property that they have ha- had in recent years was Frozen, which was an yeah. original film. Yeah. And the second sure Frozen did not really help
0: Frozen live action coming down the pipeline.
1: Oh, I'm sure.
0: <sighs> Anyways. I <pay>. um, <laughs> I'm excited. And uh, we get to talk about another you know, IP movie, uh, new franchise spawning event. Because we're here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Honor among colon honor among thieves. Colon
0: yeah, the colon because I important. guess there was
1: an old Dungeons and Dragon movie that came out like in the 90s or something. I never saw it, but I saw this in my.
0: Yeah, I never saw it either, but they're not, like, related at all, right?
1: No, I don't think so. But I think that's why this... Because I was sort of confused why this movie was called Dungeons & Dragons, Cole, in honor among thieves, because it's sort of a weird title. Yeah. Why it's not just called Dungeons & Dragons, but I guess there's already a movie called that, so
0: yeah no i was gonna have Marin come back on um friend of the pod and uh Wesh, la familia she play
1: dungeons, and
0: dungeons she's a dungeons and Dr- she's a D head nerd, are you outing D&D her player hey she, she has no shame.
1: <laughs> does she tell people this i wouldn't yeah. i shelby this is rude we i we can't be that's, Matthew, you're being judgmental. Offensive.
0: You're being judgmental. A lot of people play D anD D, and it's yeah, like, but
1: they don't want you to know about it. Oh, him.
0: Matthew, you're coming across so snide. Ugh. You know, you're like, Ugh. like, do something normal, like go to a religious school and <laughs> carry trauma. From Look, for the, rest um, of your um, life. the weird
1: kids at my religious school played all kinds of <laughs> Magic the Gathering and whatever, <laughs> and I was like, no. absolutely not.
0: Well, anyways, then, she I cool. couldn't be on because she hasn't seen the movie yet. And I wanted to get her opinion as a D'er And like, because I, I think, you know, this is similar to like Battleship the film in that maybe you don't need the context of the original game to like get on board with this iteration, you know, because it's like D&D, as I understand it, is like a very, you know, a, it changes. There's not like standard rules or characters, right? So it's like you, quote unquote, like you know, you make a you make a movie version of it, and it's like you have you have pretty unlimited options to go with. So I don't think it's like as strict as someone loving Harry Potter and then being like, you missed the scene in chapter twelve when this character said this to this well, person. And
1: speaking of Harry Potter. <laughs> Did you? I am assuming you saw the news that they're bringing back. That is a. I
0: shouldn't have brought this up. Television
1: this, show. Is, is that our
0: pop culture roundup? Um, yeah, I did see HBO is working workshopping the idea of doing a TV series where I each book would be a, a season.
1: I don't know if. This like if sometimes I think when when companies like drop hints like this or like something's (laughs) in the works, they're like trying to to gauge reaction, you know, like and test the waters. And I feel like it uh, based on my Twitter and then also (laughs) just like searching the hashtags, people seemed very not into this from like a variety of of different standpoints. There's like the people who hate JK Rowling, obviously. But then there's also people who like love the movie and are movies and are like, why would you?
0: right
1: try to like r- ruin this and then there's people who i think are just sort of like tired of all of the harry potter stuff and um, people
0: who are sick of remakes and like
1: right yes
0: original. so it i seemed, yeah. i did
1: i felt like i was going to see more like yes we've been a wedding fest and i yeah. and i didn't see very much of that reaction
0: i know Like, take away J.K. Rowling from it. Like, I would be interested in it because, one, I do not think the movies are good. (laughs) Like, that's what surprised me in the Twitter response to it because everyone's like, oh, this is going to piss off the diehards who can't picture anyone else in these roles. And I was like, I thought we agreed that these movies were not good. And there was, like, two and a half serviceable, like, films in the eight-part series. So I would be like, yeah, the, a season long episode a season-long like dedication to this would work better. But I also don't think that would work because kids age too fast, like hello, stranger things. Like no one wants to see a cast stuck through nine seasons of a TV series. And um yeah, I just don't think it's a good idea. I think they should do an animated series, if anything, and they also need to cut J.K. Rowling somehow out of it, but that's impossible, so it's never going to be a good idea.
1: Yeah, and also, I I, I mean, I guess I, I do think that, like, for those of us who read the book sort of before the movies came out... Yeah, maybe that's a, it. A lot of us were like, wait, these movies aren't that good. I think if you sort of came...
0: With yeah. both
1: of them I at the same time, like, and especially since now we have much younger generations that maybe have even watched the movies before they wa- read the books, um, or have watched the movies and haven't read the books, there's like a lot of like, I can see why those people maybe are more connected to the films. Um, but I'm like, yeah, is the are the are the T is the TV show gonna be that much better like are we gonna build on it or are we gonna sort of fall into similar pitfalls and also like yes the books have more going on than the movies but also do the books have enough going on that you could make 10 episodes on you know yeah. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets I sort of think not so then are they gonna add new material to the books or like is I the first you're gonna easily gonna be... I think you could easily
0: make a 10-episode series on. I mean, that's like a rich world. I think it's – I mean, yeah, they'd have to add stuff, I guess, but –
1: I'm just saying, like, if if the point is, like, oh, we're going to stay really, really true to the books and just give you exactly what the books are, I give you I think sure like maybe some of the later books you could get you know seven eight episodes out of but I think those first couple it's like the movie sort of covered most of the stuff that happened yeah um, like the first movie isn't like there's not missing that much like what is it like what <laughs> we wanted to see that potions logic challenge like that's not a whole <laughs> episode to add in. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no,
0: it, it it mostly comes back to the fact that J.K. Rowling continues to dig her heels into harming, actively harming like society at large. And it doesn't feel like the right time to ever put more money in her already deep pockets. Um, so, yeah, it seems doomed to fail, um, especially given how bad Fantastic Beast has gone. But maybe they'll do it. Maybe they won't. It seemed like an easy uh Well, I guess the
1: other thing is, like, how much money would it cost? Because it seems like if they were going to do it, they'd want to make it expensive. And I could sort of see it being similar to Fantastic Beasts, where they (laughs) set out on this very lofty mission and then sort of, um, you know, it doesn't (laughs) do as well. And I think that they must be gun shy about that to a certain degree, because they haven't announced anything new Harry Potter related since the last fantastic beast yeah. movie tanked and that was supposed to be a five movie series which you feel like Harry Potter's a safe bet like right how can how can you not hit that where now it's like do they want to announce a series that seems like the reactions already kind of ho hum <laughs> and put all this money into yeah. it only to like not finish it or to like have to finish it and not make money off of it like
0: yeah i will never understand like how these streaming companies make money off well, of these shows. Do.
1: Which is <laughs> I know, but it's like even learned.
0: like the Lord of the Rings show which I loved and I'm excited for season 2. That's coming out in like 2 years and it's like how many more people are they going to get to sign up for their product? It's just confusing to me. So it is like weird to think of them investing in a seven a seven season long show of like that's meant to be like high caliber and committing to child actors growing enough to be good seven years in. Like that's that's a challenge. So
1: yeah getting eleven year olds who are gonna be yeah, good. Like 18-year-olds. that's what happened
0: with the with the movies. Like you kind of were stuck with these okay <laughs> just fine actors and they all walked away with huge trauma from <laughs> investing their lives in this work. So anyways, um I had a much better time watching Dungeons and Dragons, and I I think I'm excited to see what they do with this. But I'm curious what your thoughts were. And I mean, first of all, I will say I had a you know rise and fall on my feelings for this film as it came out because I think this was one I was excited for um, because Chris Chris Pine, <laughs> Superior Chris. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this doesn't look that good. (laughs) I saw the second trailer and I was like, wow, this looks very bad. Then I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, which premiered at 100 and is now sitting at like, I don't remember, 98 or something. And very comfortable, very good, lots of good reviews. And I realized it's directed by the guy who did Game Night. So I was like, oh. So I went into the movie very comfortably uh, ready to enjoy it. And I was I was easily uh, pleased by it. But did you have a similar journey or did you?
1: Uh... Yeah, I guess sort of. <laughs> because when they announced that they were doing this or when I heard about it, I think I was sort of like, "Ugh, that sounds annoying. And then I had the thought, <laughs> well, no, well, wait a second. What if this is sort of like a meta kind of thing? Movie oh, and it's and it's something like Jumanji because I feel like that is a uh, a sort of role playing film because you know like Dun- the thing with Dungeons and Dragons is that people like your sister in law uh, play it and dress up in weird costumes and are you know calling themselves an elf or whatever and so I think it could have gone in a really fun direction to have like you know these people playing the game and then we're watching this fantasy movie where it's like the voices don't match up and you know jack black is playing a teenage girl or you know whatever like jumanji did and i think the other thing with dungeons and dragons is that when you're playing the game like the story unfolds there's the dice rolling there's different alternative options so it feels like there's a lot of funny types of storytelling you could do and then when yeah when when I saw the trailer and realized that that wasn't what they were doing that it was basically just a a fantasy movie that was sort of like under the guise of Dungeons and Dragons but really didn't have anything to do with the game other than just like it was a fantasy adventure yeah and i felt like yeah the trailer didn't look good it didn't seem that funny to me i wasn't sure what the point of the movie was other than sort of like an ip cash grab and i just thought oh this looked bad um at whatever point i saw the trailer or the clip that had the skeleton like yeah questioning i did sort of Think oh well that's kind of clever and funny <laughs> um so maybe like there'll be some good parts in it but really I had no intention of seeing this movie whatsoever <laughs> until we Ayo. sort of fi- realized that it was the thing that we would need to see this weekend if we were going to have to do the podcast because there's really nothing else that was coming out. Um, and then, yeah, I was excited to, when the reviews were really good because I thought, oh, well, at least this movie won't be, like, miserable to sit yeah. through. But I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I think that that trailer was just horribly I know. done. I know. I don't know how they made it seem so unfunny because it was kind of like... The movie was sort of, like, stupid fun in a yeah. l- lot of ways. Like, that first scene where it's the... Um, it's sort of like the court case or whatever. And one Chris Pine is like relaying this story to people and keeps getting interrupted. Like I thought that that was funny and you're, and you're waiting for this character, Jonathan to show up and one, the name Jonathan is just so dumb. And And I was like, okay, like, who's this going to be? It's going to be somebody, you know, who they can pay off or whatever. But when it turns out that it's this bird that they're just going to grab and drag out the window and hope that the bird can sort of, like, fly them to mild safety. Mm. I was like, this is the most ridiculous, dumb start to a film. And if the movie's going to start at this level of kind of, you know, just idiocy, then it seems like it's going to be a good time. And yeah, I feel like it continued on doing lots of wacky, zany, entertaining things. And like, will it be a movie that's like an all-time fave that I revisit over and over and over again? No. (laughs) It ain't
0: no Hubie Halloween.
1: (laughs) It's not Hubie Halloween, you know, which is a timeless classic (laughs) that you could watch every year with your family. Um, But at the same time, I think that this like it was a good time and it was fun to watch in the theaters and i feel like this is exactly the type of movie that i would watch like on an airplane or something you know
0: yeah i know it is it it's funny because yeah you go into these sort of like you know um transformers or whatever like something based on a toy or a game or a movie or whatever and you're like well okay like what do i what am i gonna have to know like how deep into this nerddom do i have to go but this really did not feel like anything real you know what i mean like it didn't feel like it was even strictly dungeons and dragons probably to your point because well, it doesn't dungeons have that dragons doesn't even album. have
1: characters does yeah, it exactly
0: like- it's just like kind of like i think this is set in a in a gameplay like land. I'm sure I sound so dumb to people who play D&D, but, but I think that's as far as it goes. Like, yes, there's like druids in D&D or whatever, like these types. Yeah, of characters. Yeah, and like, you have a party. Characters. Yeah. It's
1: like a mage and a,
0: right. but it's know, not like a muscle there's woman like, and whatever. Yeah, there's not like standard. It's not like a murder mystery where you like buy it online and it gives you all the same characters, all the same beats, all the same whatever. It's like... It's just an original film, but it's slapped off. I, I'm almost, like, curious why they had to tie it to Dungeons & Dragons. Like, what like what the machination there was. Because it's like someone could have just made a weird high fantasy story. And it's the same thing. Like, it's just, like, all made up nonsense. But it was a lot of fun. And I think they did a really good job getting the team, both obviously the stars of the movies, but then the behind the scenes, like, Um, like I mentioned, the directors and writers who did, like, Game Night, they did Vacation, they did Horrible Bosses, like, they're funny guys who have managed to make these weird movies work, and um, I think that this is just, like, a really refreshing style of comedy, and and it all came together in this really, like, pleasantly fun, silly, original idea (laughs) Even if it is latched to this, like, bigger, uh, like, franchise or whatever we'd call it.
1: Yeah, like, you can definitely see, like, I would be interested to see how this came about. I looked at the Wikipedia page and it really, like, wasn't giving me the details that I yeah. was thinking about. Because, like, you, I think that probably what happened was that they decided that they wanted to make a movie based on Dungeons and Dragons sort of like as a property, and then they got these two guys to um to write it. And I mean that is what happened. But I wonder if at any point, like when they were selling this idea of, okay, we're doing a Dungeons and Dragons movie, if it looked if it was all like somehow more connected to the game play aspect at any point of like the dice that has all the different sides and, you know, that kind of thing. Or if it was always just going to be sort of like a fantasy movie that was had this IP tacked on. I mean, I do think that, that I'm sure that was a selling point for people. And even me, like going to watch it in theaters, I guess we don't have that many just like, fantasy films that are sort of unrelated to anything so i don't know if i would have been super inclined to go see a fantasy movie that was like not linked to a book and was sort of like
0: and it's so silly that it's not like yeah it's not like an original like high sci-fi you know going through space whatever whatever (laughs) you know yeah um but it so it did help like get you in the mind frame of like, oh, okay, we're going on a journey and it's going to be weird characters and like blah, 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 blah. But I think it did go through multiple rewrites and like it's been a process where someone wrote the screenplay and then they needed a director and then they found this pair and then that pair ended up doing a lot of rewrites. and I And so I imagine that it started out as something more probably like the 2000 version, which is more, I don't know, serious in a way. Whereas here they're like, the way they said it is that they don't want to make fun of D&D, but they wanted to have a playful D&D movie. And I think they succeeded because everyone was having a good time and the jokes were all like smart and not too like on the nose, like, you know, like referential to our culture as it is today. It was just like, it was just good humor and kind of like slapstick, like body comedy at times. And and you have the charisma of a cast that includes like Chris Pine and um Hugh Grant Grant And they were great.
1: The um yeah, it sort of reminded me of like Ellen Chanted in going I was say ways, it. which I think is a really <laughs> fun movie that doesn't get get enough credit. Um that's also yeah. set in this medieval world and it's kind of about a journey that's obviously based on a book um yes, rather than Yes, and people were
0: very mad about it as The adaptation of that book. But I agree that I think as a movie, it it worked in a fun way that was surprising.
1: I also think that the casting on this is really, really well done. Um, Like they got exactly the right people to play exactly the right parts. And I think that there are a lot of people that you could have sort of subbed in for some of these roles that would not have made the movie as good like i really liked chris pine as the lead i think he is like the exact right amount of funny but also like leading man energy like i could have seen them casting somebody more like the rock or mark Wahlberg or matt damon like younger matt damon sort of energy in here like you're like a classic action star more so. Yeah. And I think you needed a little bit more dry wit and humor than those people have. And then like the, the Holda character that Michelle Rodriguez plays, it's like, she's, I think has <laughs> been like, she's not a really a great actress in a lot of ways, yeah. but I think that she, she has done, They sort of basically had her play the exact same character that she plays in the Fast and the Furious movies. They just subbed out, like, horses for cars and things. And it worked great. And her chemistry with Chris Pine was really strong. Um, So, yeah, they just, like... And Hugh Grant was a fun character as, like, the bad guy. They got the guy from... um,
0: Uh, Bridgerton
1: Bridgerton to come in And he's only in like a couple of scenes Which I thought that he was definitely going to be in a lot more Of the movie based on the marketing material But like he's (laughs) He sort of like does a good job Playing the uh, The character that he is Who's like maybe a little too serious And full of himself Um, Yeah I, I thought the casting really like Went a long way in this movie
0: Yeah no it was a lot of fun to like Watch them and their banter, and their different, like, hijinks. And I think they also, similar to Game Night, The they just, this director duo has this, like, way of getting to the heart of a film without it ever feeling, like, you know, kind of, like, over the top, or getting too serious in the third act, or kind of, like, having this, like, series of convenient plot points to, like, prove a point. And I felt like it was nice to have this character-driven story underneath this very like, you know, kind of silly, um, <laughs> you, you know, it's like a very silly like we got to get the got to get the gold plot line where it's like Chris Pine is this man down on his luck. He's lost his daughter and realizes he he needs to escape prison to get to her and then he realizes that she's under the kind of control of this Smarmy Hugh Grant. And so he's like, okay, we got to go on this mission to get these tools so we can break into his castle, keep and save my daughter and get out of here scot free. And so it's like a very simple idea. And they're like hopping around, like solving problems as they get to this overall point. But then throughout that, you get like these really charming character notes with like where you're endeared to these characters that feel like fully fleshed out and kind of drawn out. And Chris Pines is obviously the heart of it, but then you have the fledgling wizard played by um, Detective Pikachu. Smith. Yeah. (laughs) And and he's like struggling to feel like he's any good at what he does and is clearly like, you know, imposter syndrome. Like I'm not that talented type of vibes. And that's a whole story arc that feels like naturally explored. And then you have this weird Holda thing where – her main point is that she showed up for Chris Pine when he needed someone and was able to like help raise his daughter after the sad death of his wife. And they're not like romantic at all. And I really appreciate that because sometimes you just need community. And um and so they're able to have this like partnership where they're caring for this child. And she like clearly has this really special relationship with her. And that's like a really sweet payoff. But then you also have the fact that she... <laughs> I don't even know what, it was just like a gag, but she has this old, like, husband that she was in love with that, like, left her. <laughs> and it turns out to be Bradley Cooper in a surprise bit role.
1: Yeah, well, and it's also funny because it's like, she is repeatedly attracted to these people. People who are like sort of like hobbits, kind of, but then, but then Bradley Cooper, who's a hobbit, like his new wife is also sort of this like strong barbarian woman. So you're like, this is an in like these two clearly have like these types (laughs) that are so extreme, but then it's somehow kind of cute. Yeah, Yeah, it's a total
0: gag. It like didn't, it wasn't like ever brought back up, but it's just like Bradley Cooper appears. You know CGI it onto this tiny little body and it's like oh, you know <laughs> I don't even remember what he was saying about why their marriage ended. It was like you could never forgive yourself for losing your family or whatever. Yeah, for me. I was
1: kind of like <laughs> waiting for that plot line to come back up, and then it sort of never did. Um, yeah, but yeah, but it, I it like was
0: giving that Ella Enchanted vibe because it was yes. a similar, like elf falling in love with the giant.
1: Oh sort yeah, of that's bit true. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and I loved how they weren't romantic, like Michelle Rodriguez yeah. and Chris Pine, that they were just friends. I really liked that part I because too. I thought that they were going to somehow circle back around to them, like, falling in love with each other. But yeah. I liked sort of the found family yeah. um, vibes that they had. Uh, something I'm interested on. So I was looking at, up this writing-directing duo. Yes and they have this movie that came out in 2021 that they were the writers on called Vacation Friends. Have you ever seen this? I didn't see that one. Because it's it the the like Rotten Tomatoes score is fine. Yeah. But it has it's about like friends who go on vacation and it has a cast that I'm like these are all hysterical. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I remember seeing stuff about it because I think it was like a COVID kind of like release, you know, just kind of shoved out there. But I never Oh watched yeah, it looks it.
1: like there's a it was a Hulu movie. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like John Cena and my favorite Lil Rel, <laughs> yes. and Yvonne Orgy from um Insecure. And then Meredith Hagner, who is in Search Party. She's sort of like the the dumb blonde. And yeah, I'm like, wait, how did I like not hear or watch this movie? Because this is such a fun cast, and now that I am very pro these writers, I'm yeah. like, well, it must be good.
0: Yeah, no, I think like John. Although now that I'm Davies looking at it, especially. there is
1: five writers, um yeah, listed yeah. <laughs> credited. It's as, not
0: one of their for the movie, special. so <laughs> I I think they're more like they. I don't remember. I think Horrible Bosses was like their first like strict duo, which I never saw that, but I think did well. And then obviously Game Night, which I'm obsessed with. And have you seen it?
1: Yes, I've seen it. Okay, okay. I
0: couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. Sometimes we just have gaps.
1: They also wrote... They also were writers on Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: Yes. It's so weird. Like, John Francis Daly, I knew from his stint as an actor on Bones, like that network television show that lasted, like, 10 seasons. And he was sort of their main sidekick throughout that show until he was killed off. And, like, he was in Freaks and Geeks, I think, as, like, an original role. And then he just kind of disappeared and started writing all these, like hilarious random comedy kind
1: of really hot
0: yeah no he was very cute i had big feelings for him when he was in bones (laughs) and so yeah it's kind of funny that he's just like actually this like you know because in bones he's just like an okay actor like he's good but it's like you're on bones you're on netflix network television like you're just like you know that's probably as far as most of those people went but for him, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to become a writer. And then he does Spider-Man Homecoming. He's, like, suddenly making and directing these comedy films. Happy. Thrilled for him. Love it for him. Freaks and Geeks continues so to turn out these, like, stars.
1: By the careers of, like, big television show actors. Because it's yeah. like, you were on this hit show for, like decades yeah. that foul thou- like millions of people watched you every week and yet you have like no cultural cachet, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I know. But I'm happy for him now. He's found his sort of like going with this, um who is it? Chris McKenna or someone? Who is it? Jonathan
1: other? Goldstein. Oh, okay. <laughs> is the co-writer who worked on... Who I think is just a screenwriter, not an actor, yeah. well, and and director, yeah. um, and worked on a bunch of TV shows, including the New Adventures of Old Christine, and then know. it looks like I I don't know when they got paired I think up.
0: Game Night was their first one, I thought. Maybe Horrible no,
1: Bosses. no, they both worked on Horrible Bosses. Oh, okay. I think that they've worked on the oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that they've worked on the same like Horrible Bosses, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. <laughs> oh <and> yeah. <laughs> vacation, Spider-Man Homecoming, Game Night, <clears throat> Vacation Friends, and then now this. Although they have a story credit for The Flash, oh, but they're not actually the screenwriters <laughs> of The Flash. Flash. That's a a Drummond. woman. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> Interesting, Christina Hodson, who also wrote *Bumblebee* and *Birds of Prey*. <laughs> that movie is going to be such a disaster. Flash, I hear they it's po-
0: really good. I hear it's really good, and it makes me very upset.
1: Who but are you I hear hearing this good. from? Because it's not out yet, is it?
0: Well, everyone involved in like, like, I mean, first of all, obviously they have a bias, but when, um. What's-His-Face came in to take over DC. He, like, scrapped a bunch of people, but he's like, The Flash is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. And then there were a few – I don't know if there were viewers or whatnot, but, like, people have just been saying that it's actually, like, a really powerful, like, good film, like, really action, cool, awesome, whatever. And it's like, well, this is the problem with our society, that we just need to, like, white – we just need to wash Ezra Miller's face out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean they could try the um, CGI the old um, in the, uh, head. the whatever that movie was that had. Um, yeah. Uh, what's now? I can't remember any of the his name. What's um, Kevin Spacey? The and then Zerp- they got rid of him and yeah. reshot the whole thing with the other guy. Well, it's by um, the mu- muchetti, um who. Was we're like just going down of... a
0: wikipedia hole aren't we
1: <laughs> well no who was the director of it
0: oh is yeah. the guy
1: who directed the flash so you can sort of see how how this pairing would work i yeah. guess if these guys are on this <laughs> on like the story board idea right. of it and then it does have a good director yeah. anyways back to dungeons and dragons Back to um <laughs> i liked yeah i i just i thought that the storyline was a lot of fun yeah. this like sort of weird medieval games thing that they have going on <laughs> at the end was was also pretty entertaining i love a movie that has like some sort of tournament or something like competition as the climax um, yeah. i think those are always entertaining and yeah just the the way that they did everything i i really enjoyed i was i will say i think that cuz i i also saw the um uh super mario brothers movie this oh. weekend and which is like another video game movie and both of them did the thing where there's like obvious plot points that they sort of like leave hanging it, kind of t- like to set up for a sequel mm-hmm. and so i was a little Bit, I think a myth. I feel like the this one was
0: that. I mean, they let like Hugh Grant live, but it wasn't like like what else well, did they not leave? Not so
1: much of that, but like the like whoever the boss of the girl is, like they're not oh, really. Oh yeah, I guess the demon because he's like sort of in the thing yeah, cro- like in the corner at various points, but then he never really shows up. There's also like the Bradley Cooper plot line that I feel like I think would that's maybe just a bit. come back at some point. Um, it's just a
0: funny, weird
1: bit. They... I don't know. <laughs>
0: they like filmed it with someone else like just a body double and then they just cgi'd him after filming him in a green screen like room for a day (laughs) but but yeah i after the
1: success that you don't think they're gonna no i'm sure
0: they do i was just saying it didn't feel like it wasn't something i noticed in the in the watching of it like it felt like if it felt like just a normal film where it just like wraps up for the most part but i can see your point about the like big villain that I just spaced out on. but um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought it was fun because it was like I don't know if it's like ode to Chris Pine's charisma and his ability to channel this like rakish dude dad with a heart of gold type thing. but I really was surprised by how moved I was at the ending. like it was giving me like free guy vibes where I was like, why is this film making me emotional? like, it was just oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I just, I I obviously like have a blind spot for Chris, uh, my one and only. Um, but I felt like by the end, you know, his whole journey is like, he wants to get this magic tablet that will bring back his dead wife who died 13 years ago, sort of because of his own undoing. And um, that's like sets off the whole movie. But in the end... <laughs> It's so sad. R- Michelle Rodriguez character dies fighting the big, big baddie. And I was like, oh, that's sad. Like RIP Michelle. But then he has the tablet. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was like. <laughs> try
1: to try to keep it together here. Yeah. So then he uses <laughs> the tablet. But,
0: yeah. So he uses the tablet to save this person who he realizes is like the more important partner to his daughter. Like that, I think was the big tale. It wasn't. And that's why it also helped that they weren't romantic partners because it wasn't about him in the end. And I liked that, that he was taking a step back and realizing like, no, his daughter needed her in her life more than she needed this mom. She never knew because the mom died when she was a baby. And so it was like, really sweet to but have him he even process says at
1: one point earlier on like i wanted to bring her back for me yeah. more than i wanted to bring her back for you
0: yeah and it was like a nice journey for them to take us on with that little wrinkle because of course it could have just been like oh he realizes he likes her or like oh no like this is more important because i think someone Like Reggie Jean's character is like, you know, we have different lives. And if you take her, if you bring her back to this one, who knows which one you're taking her from, like blah, blah, blah. And I thought that'd be the more interesting. I thought that was going to be the angle in the end. But instead, it was like this sort of moment where he realizes as a father, he has to let go of this like dream of being with his beloved again. And I really liked that. And I thought it was like so sweet Not only the like father-daughter dynamic at play there, but also, again, to your point, this like importance of found family and community and friendship there. And I thought that was a nice like mature like bow to tie on the end when it could have been much more just like convenient, whatever, like let's do this. And I, I thought it was like a surprising emotional twist for me.
1: Well, I was thinking about Chris Pine a bit while we, I was watching it because he's he's aging differently than the other three Chris <laughs> are. Like yeah. the Chris Pratt, Chris um Evans and Chris Hemsworth are all like I think have all played like father sort of figures at this point, but mm. are all uh, like they're they're trying to like look young look muscular and not that Chris Pine is like not muscular but I feel like he is like leaning into sort of like the gray he's Mm. been doing more of these roles that are sort of I don't know like less uh less like young dad kind of thing and a little bit more like moving into a sort of more grizzled I guess yeah. Look, and so then I was thinking about like the Oscars because none of them have been nominated and I was like I do think that Chris Pine is a really good actor and that if he got the right role, he could like have some awards uh, yeah. potential. And then I was like he really needs to start taking some more like um kind of like indie movie type <laughs> Bits because you know he has to have tons of money from all of the you know sequels and Star Treks and various things that he's done and I'm like I think that it's time I would love to see him in something that's a little bit more dramatic or like, something worry, that it- <laughs> well yeah I guess don't worry darling but that's such like a bit role you know like I yeah, think- yeah. I guess he could also succeed in something that's a little bit more like um. Like, I don't know, like a Babylon or something that's like kind of uh, like an Oscar bait movie, but is like a little bit more fun than like just straight serious but I think he has a lot going for him and then I really got down a uh my mind went in crazy places and I was like <laughs> wait is Michelle Rodriguez like perfectly set up for for a sort of like Sylvester Stallone-esque no. uh like Rocky Oscar nomination and I was like no I'm crazy no
0: bless her heart like I really I really like what she brings to the table, but I don't even think... And and similar to Chris Pine, honestly, I don't think that's something she's gunning for. And I feel like Chris Pine is in this sweet spot where he is stepping into that sort of like, you know, Indiana Jones sort of like star lead of these, uh, these pop classics that someone has to do, and they have a good time doing it. So it's like, why does he need to play a strung out like... I don't know, sad dad or like uh, assassin well, I'm with a heart he of gold. Needs to be like, like
1: in a, like a drug addict movie or something. <laughs> yeah, but like I think that, guy. but yeah, but in something that's a little bit more like American yeah. Hustle or like right. that sort of energy. Okay, um, yeah,
0: you're like wanting the Ryan Gosling treatment for him, like a like maybe a Christian Bale, like
1: I guess treatment. I'm thinking maybe a little bit more like Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay, yeah, of yeah like the like maybe some of those kind of ones. right i don't know i just think that he has a lot of acting potential. i think he's a very good actor yeah. and is bringing a lot to the table and i don't know if like jack ryan and <laughs> star yeah. trek and wonder woman and a wrinkle in time yeah. and outlaw king are like necessarily giving him yeah. the most that he can yeah. do it will I mean, be even, interesting. Like to all see. the old knives. Don't worry, darling. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like these are movies where, like, you can see why he took them. But I'm sort yeah. of like, I think we need to be like, like if I was his agent, I'd be like, right. okay, let's try to get in like a Steven Spielberg movie mm-hmm. or you know something that's a little bit more Just prestigious. A little bit
0: me, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think he is in this sort of like renaissance moment. Like he's had a slow go of it, you know. Like even as a young actor people weren't like taking him seriously until he was like princess diaries two or whatever like he's he's been like clawing up the hill having a good time doing it i don't think he feels like he's an underdog at all but i do feel like compared to the other chrises who were kind of like flashing the pan suddenly doing everything boom 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 he has a much more steady build and i think that will pay off for him as he looks to his like
1: you know well what do you think about this i'm looking at his wikipedia page and the next thing that he has listed is a movie called pool man which he is (laughs) directing producing co-wrote co-wrote and starring in the premise is a man tending to the swimming pool uncovers a sizable water heist one in the same vein as <laughs> Chinatown, which I like don't, I've never seen Chinatown, so I don't know what that exactly is. Hey, but then the a, cast.
0: What's a water heist?
1: What's a water, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Do you know what
0: it is? <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying you're reading this, like I'm supposed to know what a water heist no,
1: is. No, I don't know what a water heist That's <laughs> what I'm, I don't, like is where you steal water? But I'm looking at the cast and the cast is, has Annette Bening, Jennifer Jason Leigh, and Ariana DeBose in it. So oh, I'm like maybe this is a potential for something
0: yeah i think he's got you know what put him in white lotus season three like i maybe it's like tv first for the like i'm a serious actor campaign i think he's i think that he's only on to bigger and better is what i mean like i think he's just like riding this next wave and he's in a really good position He's so, like, likable, so charismatic, and he doesn't have the baggage of the other Chris's slash other, you know, stars of his age or whatever. He just seems, like, low drama, and I, I don't know. I-, I would grab dinner with him, you know? Like, it eh, eh, twist my arm, why don't
1: you? <laughs> so apparently a water heist is, like, <laughs> where you – is where – I guess these happen in California where there's, like, droughts, and it's sort of where you, like, siphon water off of one – off of somebody else's land to move to your oh, land, or like drain something that you're not so, supposed Mac, to, so yeah. <laughs> you end up with more of the water, which doesn't necessarily <laughs> sound thrilling for a film.
0: Yeah, I mean, I-, I love it. It sounds like it's right on the cusp of a environmentally conscious film, and it has Chris Pine. So, like, why not? I'm in. I'll be there. Did what you ever out? watch
1: a six series, six episodes? limited series called I am the night that he was in. In
0: 2019. No. My Chris Pine TNT? appreciation is not like it's not necessarily like he's in something I gotta see it, you know. It's more that I savor him when he's in something I want to see.
1: <laughs> see, I think I'm still I I think I'm still Chris Hemsworth, but <laughs> yeah. you know uh, yeah. Chris Pine is is good in things, I will say that. He's definitely better than Chris Pratt.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, can't wait to not talk about Super Mario Brothers, but um, I thought this was a fun film. I'm glad to see it doing so well, getting so many good reviews. It seems like I would be happy to have a sequel because they do seem to have so much fun, and Dungeons & Dragons seems to provide a very rich world of weird, gimmicky (laughs) locations, uh, issues, personalities, I couldn't tell you what is taken directly from Dungeons & Dragons lore and what was just pulled out of a hat here, but I had a good time either way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would definitely watch another one of these. I think it did well in the box office, well enough. I think it did well with critics. And I feel like this is going to be a word of mouth hit as well. Yeah. Especially, like, Mario is okay, um... But I kind of feel like this has a little bit of an easy path ahead of it for the next couple of weeks, with not like a ton of stuff yeah. that people are gonna be well, clamoring and it's like to see. That's doing not
0: well. animated, you know. Like I don't think Super Mario's is an easy sell to like adults, but also I think this is like right in that sweet spot for millennial audiences who grew up watching like The Princess Bride or Indiana Jones or whatever, Romancing the Stone, like these sort of like action fantasies, high whatever. It's just like a fun time. And so I do think the word of mouth will help it because the trailers did not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the trailers were bad. Um. Well, okay. So this brings us to the part of the show where it's really a Sophie's choice for you, Shelby. Oh, no. Next week on the podcast. No, I'm would out of you town. Rather to cover I'm out of town. This... You're <laughs> out of town?
0: I mean, okay, fine. I guess I could try to see a movie like Monday or Tuesday when I'm back. but. I can't see a movie this weekend, is what I'm saying. You uh,
1: see, because she's a Disney. Adult. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, don't I mean, have time it's to it's see a, Super it's, Mario it's such good pickings, though, because you have to choose between Super Mario Brothers or the Nike Air movie,
0: <laughs> or the Tetris Apple TV film. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, no, I think that came out already. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. Um, you know what? If we get any DMs saying we have to do an episode on one of those then I'll I'll rally and I'll see something but you I can't make both. me see Nike I can't I can't get over how angry that trailer makes me it's just so stupid
1: <laughs> the Nike movie is better than I thought it was going to be the Super Mario Brothers movie is fine but has a bazillion Nintendo easter eggs Ugh. if you want to watch yeah. that the I best don't. movie one of the best movies I think I've seen this year also comes out next week However, I don't know if it will be showing in Texas, which is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh yeah. Which is sort of like an eco Gen Z Oceans Eleven type movie. And it's like, which fiction, I feel like will right? love.
0: It's not a documentary.
1: Yes, no, it's oh, fictional. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'll keep an eye out for that. I'll make time for that.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay, well then maybe we won't, maybe I won't see you next week. Yeah, maybe sorry tbd then we'll be back in two weeks talking about um renfield the dracula uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dracula movie with nicholas cage woo baby uh,
0: yeah hit after hit unless you want to
1: watch something called the pope's exorcist which stars russell crowe which <laughs> also <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll
0: see
1: yeah we might really... be at disneyland uh,
0: again i don't know
1: rough <laughs> like... <laughs> At. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening, um, and I guess we'll see you in two weeks. Um, yes, especially. unless Shelby gets a change of heart and decides that she really <laughs> wants to watch a movie about Nike. Um, cool. But otherwise, yes, we'll see you guys then. Shelby, have a lovely time in California. Thank you. And I'll see you when you're back. Bye.